Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. And today I'm going to be telling you about the Lululemon murder. The what? (laughs) The Lululemon (laughs) murder. You heard me. That's what you said. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm drinking what I appear to only drink anymore for podcast recording, which is that maple pecan (laughs) K-cup that is delicious in a hot coffee form. It does sound really good. I like, it sucks because I've been sleeping just so poorly the past month. So I have not been drinking coffee past noon because I just can't sleep at night. But coffee sounds so good right now. I'm sorry. But if I can't sleep at night, the last thing I'm going to do is take out my happiness throughout the day. (laughs) I would find some other I understand. I just, ugh. But anyway, so I'm drinking. Oh, you're still going. I see your dog. I had something else to say. Yeah, I wanted to let everybody know my dog is feeling extremely needy today. So if you hear him in the background, I'm so sorry. Um, also, I wanted to highlight my cup because okay. I didn't do it last time. Let us know. Well, we, we recorded two episodes today. I, it was a gift from a friend of mine. And it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me coffee. And I just feel as though the coffee that has been gifted to us is can I get you a mug that says I can do all things through Abby who gives me coffee since I give you good coffee too you have given me good coffee so yes I would drink out of that I will be getting one of those hang tight so well I'm drinking something much much more boring um it's just kiwi strawberry sparkling water but it is very good is it also out of a boring no it's actually one of these like liter bottles okay that's boring so I was too lazy to pour it in a cup Okay, well, I'm so sorry that you guys are being exposed if, to Abby. If it helps. I don't know that's the word I want. Exposed. <laughs> if it helps, I briefly considered putting some gin in it. That makes it so much worse. For Erica. To the point that I think our friendship's going to have to end. Oh, okay, so should we just end this here? So. Yep, we'll end it here. Okay, so but nobody's... Just in case, Abby and but I... But I know they need to know what happened at Lululemon. All right, fine. Abby and I can pull it together for one more episode, maybe a few more. And only if you guys join us as well and pour yourself a drink or a cup or a mug of whatever you're drinking. And let's dive in. This story takes place in March of 2011 in Bethesda, Maryland. Jana Murray and Brittany Norwood were working at the Lululemon Athletica at a mall. Um, I can't remember the name of the mall, but I think it was one of the outdoor ones. It was more of an upscale mall as well. Jana Murray was a 30-year-old graduate student at Johns Hopkins University, and she was working part-time at Lululemon while she pursued her Master of Business Administration degree. And Brittany Norwood was a 29-year-old that was working at the store. Um, She'd recently been in college, but I I really don't know a whole lot about her life. 
On March 11th, they were both working the closing shift. And, oh, I just found where the mall was. It was the Bethesda Row Shopping Center. So, sorry. Uh, I told Erica before this, my notes were really unorganized. So, I apologize ahead of time for that. Anyway, they closed up that night. We don't forgive (laughs) you. It's okay. I understand. They closed up that night. And the next morning, the manager came in to open up. Her name was Rachel Ortelli. And when she came in, she saw something awful. And she calls 911. And she tells them, there's two people in the back of my store. One of them seems dead. And the other person is breathing. Oh, I did not expect that. Yeah. Also, not the most, like, descriptive. (laughs) So police really don't know what they're walking into. (laughs) That's fair. But I mean, maybe if she's in shock, she just doesn't know how to describe what she's seen. Or maybe she didn't go back far enough to really. Right. I mean, listen, she did better than I probably could have done. I would have just like shit my pants and laid down. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Note to self. Don't let Abby be in these situations yeah you guys if y'all get murdered don't don't count on me i'm so sorry (laughs) unfortunately i have known that for a while and i just accept that and i still choose to be your friend well it's like earlier when you were trying to light a candle by setting paper on fire and i just decided to look away and continue with my work and hope it was going to work out for you (laughs) and let's let the audience know it worked out really well for me. Well, when I looked back over, there was smoke flying out of her candle. So I don't know about that. But hey, I mean, if you were going for like a nice smoky musk in the room, I'm sure it yeah. was great. I didn't have a candle long enough. Let me defend myself. I didn't have a, a, a lighter long enough to reach into the bottom of this gigantic candle that I've burnt the crap out of. And so I decided to just light the bottom of a paper on fire and stick it in to try to light the candle. And I did that and it lit the candle, but also the whole paper engulfed into flames. And I had a slight moment of like, oh crap, this is, this is probably not good. But I was able to blow it out. The candle just did not get lit because I also had to blow that out. And now there's just a giant ashy mess in my candle that is a problem for somebody else. So these Lululemon murders, the police, I assume, come? Yes, they do. They show up. Okay. Um, Believe it or not. When the police arrive to the scene, they discover that Jaina Murray is laying face down in a pool of her own blood. And then they find Brittany Norwood bound with zip ties in the store's bathroom. And so they quickly see that Brittany is still breathing, in fact, and she has some cuts on her stomach. And so they get her and take her to the hospital and they do realize pretty quickly as well that Jaina Marie is dead. So they take Brittany into the hospital and they're trying to talk to her as they're cleaning her up and, you know, making sure she's okay. After a while, they're able to get a story from Brittany about what happened. And she tells the police that her and Jaina had um, closed up the store and they actually were heading out and then went back because she forgot that she had left her wallet. And as they went in, like pretty instantly, as soon as they walked in, two masked men like ran in behind them and attacked them. She said that they raped both of them and then killed Jaina. And they tied Brittany up 
called her a lot of racial slurs and apparently told her they were going to let her live because she was more fun, and this is coming from her, more fun to have sex with. That's absolutely disgusting. And I hate this whole thing. Obviously, this is a pretty aggressive murder and investigators and police are really looking into it and start scanning the area and talking to people around to see if they can identify these two men. I do a little bit more of a description for the cause of death for Jaina, but I'm going to come back to it a little bit later because it comes into the story and it becomes a little bit more important. So put a pin in that. So as I mentioned, investigators are looking for these perpetrators. They are asking local stores if they'd seen anybody purchasing ski masks. They are trying to find men that matched her description, which was pretty vague because they had ski mask on, they're wearing black. Basically all she had was one was taller, one was shorter. Um, So they're asking people if they'd seen anything, but what is that? I mean, how can you really go off of that? When they're looking at cameras, though, around the shopping center, they do see two men wearing all black, one was shorter, one was taller, walking near store. So they do start looking into that, which is pretty interesting to them because they were wondering if that could be them involved. But they are able to track these men down and they had actually just worked at a restaurant nearby and they were able to clear them. They get a little bit of a break. When they find Jaina's car in the parking lot nearby and they're like, okay, let's check this, see if there's anything in here that could be suspicious. And what they end up finding is that there's a little bit of blood on the gear shift and they end up testing it. And when they test it, they find a DNA match. However, They're a little confused because the DNA match is to Brittany Norwood. I'm okay. I'm confused why there's blood in her car when they were murdered in the store. I'm sure you're going to tell me, but you did say in the car on the gear shift, right? I didn't make that up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. You you can continue. So also go back. Hang on. I was so distracted by that. And my dog, you said it's Brittany's DNA. Mm hmm. All right, all right. I have a theory. Well, it's I'm not gonna explain. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's Brittany's blood. Okay. I have a theory, but I'm not gonna not gonna get into it until later. Okay. So detectives are like, "Oh, we need to obviously look into this," and they had been interviewing Brittany and um, Detective Dimitri Reuven, who was working on the case and had been questioning Brittany had basically said that he just kind of had this little voice in his head that something wasn't right. And he was talking about the way that Brittany was describing the two guys. And he was talking about describing them as, you know, from her story, they're racist, they're rapists, they're robbers, they're murderers. It's like the worst human being that you could possibly describe, right? This is something he said. He also mentions that each time they speak with Brittany, they notice that there's inconsistencies in her story. So she's changing things. All right. This is going along with my theory, which I wrote down to prove that I had this theory. I don't want to share it yet. Abby can tell me when I can share it. You can now if you'd like. 
Go for oh, it. I can. Okay, my theory at the moment, my theory from the beginning, honestly, was Brittany's the one that went back in for her wallet, right? Like, they went back in because of her wallet. They went back in because Brittany said she left her wallet in there. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure um, Jaina had the keys. So I'm questioning if Brittany was part of this. And that's one, why she survived. But also she said, you know, we got to go back in for my wallet. They were safe out in the parking lot. And then they had to go back in to get the wallet because of Brittany. I don't know. It could be a coincidence, but I find it interesting that it was at that point that they had to go back in. So I'm curious what you have to say. Also with now you telling me that there's inconsistencies in Brittany's story. I do have questions about this woman. Right. And that's, you know, what investigators are trying to figure out. It's, are these inconsistencies and suspicions actually suspicious? Or is it this woman went through this tragic event and trauma can do whatever, you know? Now, I don't remember. Did you say, did Brittany have, like, any damage to her head among her injuries? From what I saw, it was just injuries to her stomach. Just some, like, cuts. Okay. All right. Don't quote me on that. But not anything close to the injuries that Jaina had, which, like I said, I will get into later. But something that was very interesting to police from Brittany's accounts is that she specifically told police that she had never been in Jaina's car. So in their heads, they thought it was weird that her blood would be in Jaina's car. And I said it they found it on the gear shift earlier. I saw a couple articles that it some that said gear shift, some that said door handle and steering wheel as well. Take it as you will. Her blood was in the car. Now, as investigators are obviously getting a little sketched out, um, they are talking to the neighboring store, which happens to be an Apple store. And they're talking to employees there. And what they find out is that they have this kind of timeline happening. And what the Apple employees say is that a little after 10.05, there were there was a manager and an employee who heard like a scuffle basically going on next door and some yelling. And this is actually caught on a video, the store's video cameras. You can see them kind of going over to the wall and listening to it. And they hear, hear some of the quotes don't do this, talk to me, what's going on, followed by 10 minutes of shouting and grunting, and then hearing a voice saying, God help me, please help me. However, they didn't call authorities because they thought it was, quote, just drama, end quote. Uh, Okay, bystander effect. I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super surprised that that's what they did. This is also kind of supporting the in my mind the theory that Brittany was involved because it sounds like the way that Jaina's saying it is more like don't do this to me it seems almost personal like somebody she knows is attacking her and maybe her and Brittany were in a spat also if they're only hearing one person really yelling that like they didn't say much about not that they maybe maybe you just didn't have that in there but it doesn't sound like they're saying anything about two women's voices screaming or anything these are just my thoughts absolutely nor did at any point they hear any men's voices didn't even notice that when you said that, but you're right. They you, they only said they heard the woman's now, voice. Now, I've got one more thing that I'm going to note before we get into our next ad break. At 
This Lululemon at this time, and I can't speak to how they operate now, but they had a policy. At the end of the night, if there were just two people closing, which I think typically that's how it went, they would check each other's bags to make sure they weren't stealing anything. And they did that and they leave. And so right after 945, when they leave the store, the manager gets a call from Jaina who says, hey, um, I checked bags. Brittany definitely had some leggings and some merchandise in there that she was taking. So I took it out, but I wanted to let you know. And Brittany and Jaina had a few words about it, but they leave and it is what it is. And then following that is when Brittany calls Jaina to come back and get her wallet. With all of this information, investigators are pretty confident now that they have their killer and that it is in fact Brittany Norwood. And pretty shortly within a week of the killing, they have charged her with murder. That's like record timing quick. It was very fast. And, you know, I think she just, she didn't do herself any favors changing her story. Um, And then with the time frame, you know, of the Apple store employees hearing stuff, the manager getting the call about the leggings. And what they figured out with the car was that they had just, what Jaina had done in Brittany, I assume, just kind of pulled up in front of the store so they could run in and grab the wallet. And so Brittany had come out and moved her car to a different parking lot as to not raise suspicion. But she just didn't wash her hands before she got in Jaina's car. I don't know what happened there. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad that she did. I'm guessing she probably tried. Well. Yeah, I'm guessing she probably tried and just didn't do a good enough job. Interesting. And that... That will become more evident as I walk through the trial and some of the information that I have not yet told you all. A little bit of background information about Brittany. I don't have a ton about her, but from what I could tell, she actually had a pretty decent life. She had done well in college, but a couple years prior to this situation, she had been getting in trouble for stealing stuff, actually, and had recently left school. And so she was kind of like in a time where she was struggling. Uh, from what I could tell, nothing violent. But assumably when Jaina found the leggings or whatever was in her bag and decided that she was going to report her, this set Brittany off. And so she very, very aggressively killed Jaina. Jaina Murray, according to the deputy chief medical examiner for the state of Maryland, whose name is Mary Ripple, during the trial told jurors that Jaina had no fewer than 331 injuries on her body that came from at least five different weapons. Oh my gosh over some leggings that's okay yeah her head and face were badly bruised and covered in cuts and the blow that ultimately killed her was a stab wound on the back of her neck that severed her spinal cord and went all the way through to her brain which a lot of her wounds that she had 
at least 100 of them were defensive, so she was not killed until way later on in the, into the attack. That's just awful. So, one of my questions that I have, Brittany, you said, had some cuts on her stomach. So she, those would have been, like, self-inflicted. Did Yes, to keep up with her story. Yeah. Did they do, like, a psych eval on her? Uh, I believe, I assume they did, but they, I mean, she stood trial and got convicted, so. Okay. Well, I was more just curious, because, like, that, I mean, you have to be able to disassociate in some sort of way to be able to cut yourself. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There's something going on there. Also, if you're going to be so angry as to kill somebody over leggings and a few things from Lululemon, there's definitely something that needs to be addressed psychologically. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking there were a lot of other stressors going on and this just was the tipping point for her, but absolutely. So what had happened to, I, she didn't, obviously it wasn't premeditated in the sense that she went to work that day planning to do this. It was premeditated that she called her back to the store, but The murder weapon she had used was from the store's toolkit. As I mentioned, multiple murder weapons were used. This included a hammer, a knife, a merchandise peg, a rope, and a box cutter. Oh my gosh. She was angry in this moment. To make it seem even more like men were in there, she'd actually grabbed some men's like shoes and kind of made shoe prints in the blood around the store so it looks like there were male attackers in there and then eventually like i said cut herself and then tied her own hands with zip ties the trial only lasted six days and she was found guilty of first degree murder and ultimately sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole i can get behind that yeah you know for a murder carried out that aggressively for something so trivial yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jaina did not deserve that in any means. Not that anyone really deserves to get murdered, but this was just unthinkable. And that is all I have for you all. Um, as always, thank you for listening. And let us know if you have any case suggestions. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.